There's no obligation on any person to make change. You can skate through life and just accept everything as it is. So I think he's saying you have to make a choice as to how you're going to go through the world. Either you're going to be a person that accepts the status quo and everything as it is is okey-doke, or you're going to be a person that uh, affects change. Realizing that you have the power, you said those words. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that is key for people to just realize that you got it. You can do that thing, whatever that thing is. You know, you just got to realize you 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 got to realize. Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Welcome back, party people. I actually wish you all could have been here the whole time. We've been talking for 30 minutes and having a, a good damn time. Talking about nothing even related to the episode, but it has been <laughs> magical. We talked shrimp and grits. We've talked Atlanta and all its blackness, the levels of negrosity. We have talked men and women and <laughs> fixing <word>. plates. <laughs> Hey, that's a wild black classic word right there. That is the baby. Yes. I on this show. You Correct. learn something new every day, and I'm just like, I really received that. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Negrosity is a word I think I created, which kind of like leads into what we're talking about today. So today is about creators and celebration of creators, giving us our flowers now, creating communities of creators so that we can create more and learn more and be inspired and be empowered and any other R-E-D word that I can come up with that says good stuff. That's what it's about today. And our guest, the reason she's here is because she has created an organization. Is Broadlands actually an organization? It is a nonprofit organization. That's what I thought. That's That's what I thought. I I wanted to make sure I was saying this thing right. She has created an organization. That is about what we just said, bringing flowers to the table for the creators who create and do so in the space of black and brown folks. And with that, I'm going to shut up for a moment and introduce to Wild Black, Miss Kathleen Bertrand. I said it correctly, right? You did. Oh, I'm winning already. Yes, you did. Kathleen, welcome to Wild Black. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, look, we, we, we got to give the people what they want. We've got to jump into our, our Wild black ish. Okay, okay. Wild Black, we're not cursing on today's episode. Okay. Rock with us. All right. <laughs> all you, brother. All right, like, all right. Why, why did he call it that? We ain't heard look, that in look, a while. What is ish? It's <laughs> a new word. Okay. All right, so... You're pretty amazing already. So you 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 are already it's warmed up. It's energy, bro. Yeah. Like, you feel it. Mm-hmm. It calms you down. It does. It, it gets you relaxed. Awesome. So, I'm going to switch it up just a little bit today. We got three questions. Okay. Two questions get you warmed up. You already warmed up. So, these are going to be, like, easy. Okay. And then the third question is our signature question that we ask every single guest. Okay. You ready to go? Mm-hmm. Let's go. Okay. So, you have reiterated that you sing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, I most nothing of the time... for you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that, was the, that was the deep, sexy voice. Oh, my God. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. So, oh. normally, like, we'll have a guest and we'll say, and you've probably heard this before, in the rap industry, somebody's going to say, name your top five dead or alive mm-hmm. rappers, right? So for you, the question is, name your top five singers, singers, dead or alive. Okay. And then why? Okay. Um, Chaka Khan. Because Chaka Khan, when I heard her sing, her placement of her voice was in a place I'd never heard before. 
uh, full throttle, I would mm-hmm. say. You know, oh my God. I, and I still love Chaka. She's my number Unique. one. Unique. My number Doesn't one. Doesn't even get it. Forever and ever. Um, Minnie Ripperton. Mm. Because oh, Minnie Ripperton okay. also went into some spaces um, with her high notes that I had never heard before. You heard it in years later with Mariah Carey, but mm-hmm. Minnie Ripperton was the first that I heard to hear to sing those kind of notes, like dog whistle notes, you know, mm-hmm. like only, yeah. like, you know, like, who, where, where did that, that come, come from? from? Exactly, exactly. Yep. So Chaka, Minnie Ripperton. Um, Aretha Franklin, of mm-hmm. course, because Aretha Franklin. She's Aretha. Um, the soul, the the feeling, the passion, uh, everything that comes through with her. Um, Diane Reeves, for me, as a contemporary jazz artist, because I love the breadth of what she does. She not only covers jazz standards, but she does a lot of contemporary music that she rearranges in a jazz kind of way. Um, she infuses uh, Afro-Cuban rhythms or, or Brazilian rhythms in the uh, songs that she does. So I just love the variety of what she brings. And for my fifth, I would go back really old school and say Sarah Vaughn. Mm. Sarah, because um, I didn't know who she was. Her voice sticks. I didn't know you. who she was. But when I started singing, particularly singing jazz classics, um, hers was the voice that I was most often compared to. And so I had oh. to go and do, you know, deep dive and do a study and just mm. listen to some Sarah to see what uh, what she sounded like. Okay. What's, your, what's your favorite Sarah Vaughn song? The, Ooh. the rendition. Oh, probably Send In the Clowns because it's just a, a classic for her. Um, and it just, it stretches out and it, you get all of that richness of her voice. And, hmm. and um, yeah, that, that's probably my favorite. And you sound like her, right? I can. He's getting, can. He's getting ready to ask okay, you to sing. Okay, just okay. You know, you want to give us like, like you know a little, what's coming like next. We've been working together a long what, time. What, just a tad. Like what, a, was, that in the, was that in the three? <laughs> it can be. <laughs> we, we can make it. We can make it the second one. Like, if, if we can get a little, you know, a little sample, we can we can make that the second question. Oh, uh, let's we see. We can do what we want to do. We can <laughs> change something. <laughs> <up. We> can, <laughs> This might be the first time we ever changed it up, but I, I, I will go with you tonight. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, Sarah. Um, well, send in the clowns. Let me. You know, the thing is these days is just making sure I remember lyrics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a line in there. Isn't it rich? Are we a pair? Losing. My timing this way in my career. Send in the clowns. Where are the clowns? Don't bother there. Okay, now. Okay. We see it. Standing ovation right yeah. there. I love it. Okay, that, that will count as your second question. That okay, was, all right, all good. right. And it, it, it left me wondering that? what was the intention behind the lyrics yes. when they were written. That's what it left me. Because well, I yes. have my own idea yes. of like, never mind, never mind, they're here. Don't sit with, they're already here. Yes. <laughs> right. So that's what a Stephen Sondheim um, classic. Mm. From and I should know the name of the Broadway play, and I can't think okay. of it. But when it falls within the play, um, mm-hmm. it's very poignant and right on time because you're wondering about external things, mm-hmm. but the things that are really uh, affecting your life are right here. That's so real. Within reach. Huh. Yeah. I had to check that, that, is that so out. Real. Yeah, you Send put me on to a whole new artist. I love that. Okay, third question. Third question. What do you, and it's our signature question. Oh, signature question. All right, drum mm-hmm. roll. Okay. What do you love? What do I love? Most. Most. About life. About life. While black. While black. Ooh. Mm. We are 
awesome as a people. Awesome to behold, awesome to know, awesome to uplift. And so when you talk about what do I love while while Black, um, I try to embody all that that we are with that with with everything I do uh in uplifting young people um in supporting musicians and supporting filmmakers um um in offering an encouraging word to someone because I want people that are not me people that are younger in particular to know that we are so awesome and I want them to see our greatness, and uh, I want to keep encouraging people to to see our greatness. If you've ever been to the African American Museum in Washington, Mm D.C., and you notice how you start at the bottom level and go to the top, start from the bottom to go to the top, and you notice how tight and dark it is, Mm But as you take each next level, it gets lighter and brighter mm-hmm. until it's, a, it's just a celebration At by the, the time you yeah. get mm-hmm. to the top, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think with things that we do, we have to continuously celebrate getting to the top because that's been quite a journey for our people to get to the top. And in many ways, we're still striving to do that. But I loved seeing that journey. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it just, it was soul-shaking, you know? I completely agree. It was soul-shaking to say, man, we went through all of this mm-hmm. and mm, we're here mm-hmm. with Aretha Franklin's gown or, or Samuel Jackson's picture or Magic Johnson. I mean, we got here right. from down in the basement. So mm-hmm. that's what I love about well, living while black. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot to celebrate, and we just need to do more of it. Our culture is amazing, and we just need to do more celebration of what we are. Rakuten helps me be a smarter shopper and save money on just about everything. They have all things you need to buy, whether it's home essentials or a self-care treat just for you. With Rakuten, I get cash back on clothes, groceries, travel, and much, much more. Even better, you can stack cash back on top of other deals, like store sales and credit card points. In case you're wondering, the stores on Rakuten are the ones you know and love, and lots of cool ones waiting to be discovered. When it comes to savvy shopping and saving money, Rakuten is a no-brainer. It's free and easy to join. Just go to Rakuten.com now or download the Rakuten app today. That's Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Man, I love that. I'm going to get back to that topic of celebration in Mm -hmm. just a moment, too. Okay. Because I think it's going to serve as a great place to start the bulk of our conversation. Okay. But before we get there, we, we do something called the dope quote. And that's something from history or science, religion, politics, math. Okay. Doesn't matter, but it has importance and, and relevance on what we're talking about today. Okay. And so I'll read you today's dope quote. Okay. And then I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Okay. Today's dope quote is from who is arguably our favorite person when it comes to this show. And his words were the basis of the show. It's Mr. James Baldwin. Mm-hmm. And what he says is, the world is before you and you need not take it or leave it as it is when you came in. And that's it. Very, very short. I know what it means to me when I hear that. When you hear it, what do you take from it? What does it spark inside of you? Would you read it one more time? Absolutely. The world is before you, Mm -hmm. and you need not take it or leave it as it was when you came in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's no obligation on any person to make change. Mm -hmm. You can skate through life and just accept everything as it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think he's saying you have to make a choice 
as to how you're going to go through the world. Yeah. Either you're going to be a person that accepts the status quo and everything as it is is okie doke, or you're going to be a person that uh, affects change. Yeah. That's how it sounds to me. Yeah. When I read it, what 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 it sparked in me was. We are not forced to accept the world that's given to us. We have the ability to receive this world and then make it whatever it needs to be mm-hmm. for us, mm-hmm. for our benefit, for our enjoyment, for mm-hmm. our loved ones, for our community. Mm-hmm. We have a choice to either operate in the world as it is or change the world to the place we need to see it become. And yeah. what, I, what I loved in that, because what I heard, what the underlying thematic that I took from that is it's about creation. Right? Because nothing changes unless we change. Until you change it. That's right. right. And when you, when you change it, you are creating something. Even if it's an unoriginal creation, yes. you are still creating. And we have the beautiful ability, as you talked about, as you, you use the African-American Smithsonian Museum, we have the ability to change things in a way that I don't think other communities really do. Mm-hmm. Right? And we've been here from the beginning, not just building the foundation, but building ev- every single level sense and mm-hmm. we continue to build mm-hmm. like the world around us will bend to what we look for when we realize the power that we have to create change and become change and like that's a, a beautiful thing about what we one of the things we talk about on the show is how do people become who they see themselves truly like how do you become the person you see in the mirror how do you build this bridge to go from where you are to where you want to be and mm-hmm. for me the key is creation you mm-hmm. can create that bridge or that thing or that entity or that organization mm-hmm. You can create and change things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I appreciate that input. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Realizing that you have the power. You said those words. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that is key for people to just realize that you got it. You can do that thing, whatever that thing is. You know, you just got to realize your power. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked about celebration a moment ago. Yes. And I said I wanted to come back to that. Because I see what you've done with Bronze Lens as a celebration, right? It, it is propping up those who have the courage, the strength, the belief in self to go and create something. Tell their stories. Right, exactly. Tell our stories. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, for me, is about celebration. And mm-hmm. it's something that, as a community, I won't say we don't do enough, but I don't think we do out loud mm-hmm. enough. Like mm-hmm. I, we, we should be boisterous in our uplifting of other people who look like us and the things that they create. We should let them know on a daily basis how much they matter, how much they impact, how much they're valued, how much they're loved. And again, going back to the many guests that we've had on the show who have spoken about Bronze Lens in that way, you've created a place of celebration and love, and that's a beautiful thing. So what I want to ask is, what sparked you, what created the idea that we needed to celebrate Black creators in this manner. Where did that come from? Well, when I uh, mentioned the origins of of the film festival uh, Mm -hmm. before, um, as I said, I'm in a creative space as a musician, as a singer, and uh, film was not my creative expression, but I felt comfortable in being able to create a space for uh, filmmakers and others um, to be comfortable in. Um, as a musician, I want to make sure that what I'm I'm saying or what I'm singing is heard. Right. Um, that I have the right kind of stage. That you have the right kind of uh, sounds and lights and 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 a great audience, an appreciative audience, um, or not. Two or 2,000, you know. Um, But just to make sure that all of those things are right and then I can be my creative best. And so I definitely felt from the standpoint of providing this platform for filmmakers, if we can uh, show appreciation, let them know that we're happy to have their work, we're glad to have them here. And if we can be a class A organization, mm-hmm. you know, and by that I mean do things with excellence, um, treat people well, um, whether it's in correspondence, whether it's in uh, direct interaction, all of those things melded together create an image of, of who you are 
And so we've worked very hard to make sure that people um, do see us as welcoming, as as hospitable, um, and that we are supportive of them. I don't know if I answered what you asked me. I, you did. I think I did. Yeah, you, you did. You okay. Did. All right. I, I've got so many questions. Um, okay. The fir- this is something I've wondered literally since I first heard it. And again, like most of us, I have my own ideas of what this means. But yes. Where did the name Bronze Lens come <laughs> I from? I knew that's what you were going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had a close relationship with Turner now other names, mm-hmm. um, because one of the members of the Convention and Visitors Board of Directors was vice president of marketing, and she allowed Bronze Lens to make our first pitch to the Turner team. When we made our first pitch, there was a working name that we were working with, and it was called um, the Bronze Jubilee mm-hmm. Film Festival or something like that. Because uh, Cheryl Gripper, who was vice president at Channel 11 at that time, had um, a program she had done called the Bronze Jubilee. So nobody around the table, I want to say there are 10, 12 people around the table, nobody liked that name. It was just like, right? (laughs) But we didn't know that until the the Mm post-meeting conversation. And so Jennifer, Jennifer Dorian, said to us, all right. So I have some friends that have a naming company. Did you know that there was such a thing? I had no idea. I had no idea either. But these, uh, this gentleman and this woman had a naming company. And she says, let me talk to them about you. And I think this would be good for them to talk to you and, and help you come up with a better name. And so we did. We spent time talking about what we thought Bronze Lens could be, would be, should be. Um, and they took all of that information and came back with um, a page of names. I want to say there might have been six or eight mm-hmm. names on this page. The only one that I saw was Bronze Lens. That just sealed the deal. Bronze Lens. It just said everything. I was right in my yeah. head. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, it's, you didn't it's see the it. She touched, her, she touched her, her golden bronze brown <laughs> arm when she said, because that's what, that's what I saw. Yes. Like, it's got to be the correlation. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And we've always been about people of color. Yeah. It was never just a black film festival. Right. We all, we've been inclusive from day one because there's so many stories before, before BIPOC or any of the other more yeah. current terms We've always been about people of color because we we found that there's so much uh, alike yeah. uh, bet- among all of us yeah. that we just yeah. really haven't expressed yet. Yeah. And so here's a platform to do that. Yeah. So one of the things, as we, we talk about Bronze Lens from a creator standpoint and recognizing in the last five years, and I, I don't know if that's the right number, but if definitely in the last few, especially with the pandemic, Creation has taken on like a, a new life, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. it's become its own industry, its own vertical. Right? Mm-hmm. And you've got mm-hmm. creators from every walk of life, creators who now believe that this can be livelihood, this can be a career. And you've got industries and organizations engaging with creators and creators of color as well in, in ways that didn't exist mm-hmm. a decade ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you've got platforms like, like TikTok that mm-hmm. is almost 100% based on creators. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when, when you watch what's happening in the space and you, and you recognize that you have an organization that is about celebration of people who step out and create, mm-hmm. where do you see your organization growing and changing and, and how do you compensate for what's happening in the industry of creators and creation? Okay. Well, this year was our first year coming back Mm -hmm. because for 20 and 21, we were virtual. Yeah. And uh, that was a a quick pivot that we had to do in May of 2020. Do we try to have a festival? But then everything was still shut down. And and so there were uh, young people on our team that were uh, good at looking and researching and brought us a platform that we use called Eventive, mm-hmm. which allowed us to have our film festival 
Uh, it allowed us to, we wrote this long letter the first year talking about how we would protect the films and people couldn't copy them or down, you know, do any damage to the films. And we had to get filmmakers to trust us mm. with their babies to be out here online, you and see. Now you got people trying to screen share. And exactly, screen you see. And yeah. so we, we had to just give them a sense of who we have who we have been. Mm-hmm. We're an Oscar qualifying film festival for the short form award. So I love that. I was going to bring that up. I love yeah, that. Yeah. So we had to just say, this is who we are. And if we say that you are safe in, in trusting us with your content, then, then you're good. So for Bronze Lens, then um, going to that, that, that digital space was eye opening in that um, we had our filmmakers who trusted us, from all over the world. Generally, our films would come from all over the United States, a few from, uh, let's say, Great Britain, a few from the Caribbean, Africa. But something that pandemic year, people sent in films from 45 countries that year. And what you find when you watch enough of the films, whether it's someone from Japan or whether it's someone from uh, Australia, whether it's someone from Nigeria, you start to find themes that are common among all of us. I was about to ask you about the, go ahead. The commonality of what we're all going through. Everybody uh, has had a story about an aging parent. Everybody has had a story about uh, mental health. Uh, there are always stories about relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just kept finding these beautiful gems from all over the world that represented the stories that we want to tell. Right. And so the pandemic opened our eyes to the fact that there is an audience beyond the United States that is interested in stories told and created by people of color. Mm. When I look at how Bronze Lens has to uh, be able to survive in this upcoming world, well, there are people that do create content just for the internet. And then there are people that have a, a larger goal, people that want to get a distribution deal, people that want to... Uh, be shown on television, people that want to have their movies in a movie theater. And those are the people that tend to drift towards film festivals. Film festivals are still very prevalent uh, around the country and around the world because filmmakers that are creating content beyond me and my baby or what we cooked in the kitchen or what we ate, you know. You know, and, and I'm not hating on any of those right. things. I mean, it's, it's all creation. Because, it's all because I watch them, yeah. you know, so I got it. But there are people that want to have time to take a story and craft it with a bit more depth. Yeah. Um, and to add all of those special, wonderful things that you can do uh, from the cinematographer perspective, yeah. whether it's special effects, whether it's the sound, whether it's the lighting, there's so much more to the craft that you get a chance to do in creating a film than just creating content. But yeah. you know, I'm not hating on the people that just create content because they have made bank. Amen. You know, Amen. It, and and churning it out. I I have twin daughters, and so I tend to watch baby twins online. Okay, that's my thing. Okay, all right. <laughs> but I love them, you know. And uh, so there's this one little, uh, two little boys. I think they're in Maryland or something, and they're being raised by a single dad. And uh, I love these little boys. I loved, I, we've watched them and see them when they couldn't talk and then when they couldn't read. And now they're saying complete sentences and all that. And so I'm sure dad is getting paid because he's getting X number of views I per day, so. that, you know. I don't know who you are, but if you're listening, you need to be getting paid. Oh, yes, right? he is. He is. <laughs> but that's a lot of work. That's yes. people 365, just it about, is. you know. There's value in that. Yeah. But there's also value in just telling a simple story of yeah. um, my journey with my auntie who had dementia. Yeah. And the depth and the layers that you get to express in that, that you don't get to express necessarily in 
reality TV or reality things that are online. Is there someone going through it or about to go through it or, or asking questions about yes. it? Yes. I want to ask a question kind of in, in line with that. You talked yes. about some of the, the themes that you saw come uh-huh. out uh-huh. of submissions. Yes. And I want to be able to help our listeners, right? Because our listeners are varied and I'm sure quite a few of them are creators in their own right. Okay. And one of the things that I know creators are constantly looking for is new trends, new opportunities, right? New, new points of passion. So from your seat, receiving, seeing, reviewing submissions, what's your perspective on the upcoming trends? And, and I'll, I'll add even a bit more context. I think, based on what I've seen, that in the last few years, given the murders of Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, George Floyd, that I've seen an uptick in content that's geared toward the new struggle that we seem to, I don't even say new struggle, the, the video struggle that we seem to find ourselves in today. And I see it being reflected in the content. Absolutely. Um, we, I, well, I also see yeah. the opposite, right? People mm-hmm. wanting a break mm-hmm. from that. Mm-hmm. And so knowing mm-hmm. those two are not new, but definitely peaking again now, mm-hmm. what are some of the other areas that you see that people could be thinking about creating toward? Mm-hmm. Well, certainly, um, thematically, we try to put out, uh, we, we give you uh, a, like a, a glossary mm-hmm. of all the different themes that you can find among our films. Nice. And so certainly Black Lives Matter is one of the themes. Right. And that has yeah. gotten more uh, content under that particular area. But I'll tell you something else that we've always done, and, and it's it kind of, winds it, uh, rolls into that. We have a program with Bronze Lens called Cinema and Social Justice Sunday. Mm. We started that back when we started because we felt that that was unique to Atlanta because of Atlanta's deep experience with the civil rights movement. So what kinds of films are out there that are reflecting our struggles and what we've gone through and what we need to do and will continue to go through. And so we nailed Cinema and Social Justice Sunday as that day when we're always going to show those films. It used to be we got some great films uh, that came through HBO documentaries, and then there were some years when it was kind of lean Mm -hmm. with the films thematically. And then when uh, the, the... the movements of 2016, 17, 18, Mm -hmm. we started to see more films that reflected uh, what we were going through as a people so that now um, sometimes we may have as many as three films that we show because we couldn't couldn't pick just one for Cinema and Social Justice Sunday. So the joy is that we have more films. The sadness is that we have more films. You know, I have to say that. Yeah. Um, but at least our filmmakers are starting to capture that experience. The other area that's growing is is animation. Good to hear my son. He's an animator. He loves that stuff. Animation. Uh, people are delving more into it. There are a lot of uh, young people that are in uh, college, mm-hmm. and um, you know they come into college having gone through edit. They've already edited. 12 things on their phone before they get to the first class. Look, I'm telling you, my, my son's a senior in high school and he is deep and good. Yes, yes. So the skill level that young people are coming into college with is totally way, different way from different. what it was, you know, five or six years ago because of the ready technology. Mm-hmm. And I will say that the the student films that we get at Bronze Lens are on par with anything else in the film festival. They are absolutely awesome. So that whole area of animation has come to us more through what the student films are doing. And then there's this virtual reality piece that I don't understand it all, but actually creating an image around you that's virtual that you get a chance to. I was in VR yesterday. I love it. Okay, well, there you go. There you go. That's coming to film, though. Mm -hmm. That's where we are in that creative space even more now. Now, you you stand next to your actor in the scene. Like, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. I've seen seen some bad ones, but I've seen some really, really cool 
things in that space. Yes. We had a filmmaker that came to us. He won an Oscar recently. The young man that won the Oscar for the the little girl about the hair story. Oh, yeah. He brought, two years before that, he brought a film to Bronze Lens um, that was shot completely on iPhone 5. Crazy. That's crazy. A whole feature film. And it was awesome. I bet it was. That was absolutely awesome. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm sure one of the things that people are are wondering as they listen now is, how do they get involved? And, and, and from two capacities, from those who are creators and filmmakers and things like that, but also people who want to come out and support, who want to learn more about Bronze Lens as a festival and as a 501c3. Okay. How do they engage? Oh, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So we have a website, bronzelens.com, B-R-O-N-Z-E-L-E-N-S.com. You can go to our website and um, it keeps you up to date on things that we're doing. We are right now in that down period post-festival. So we are gathering our photos and our videos and our vignettes and everything. And I would say within the next week or so, you're going to find recaps of the festival on our website so that you can see what you may have missed during the time that uh, the festival is taking place. Bronze Lens takes place in August of each year, the week before the last weekend of the month. So this year, it was the 23rd, 23rd through the 20, 28th, and next year will be the 22nd through the 27th of uh, August. That's a great time for us uh, when it comes to hotels. It's kind of that time in between. Mm-hmm. It's the week before Dragon Con. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, because coming from a hospitality background, you got to find that time when you can yeah, get in the hotels and, and have the space that you need. Um, so, um, will be in August. And the other thing is that once we get um, our website uh, up to speed with what just occurred at the film festival, you'll get a chance to see some of the great classes that we have. We have a, a an exclusive, exclusive YouTube channel mm. that we provide. Uh, we have been known for the amazing workshops and panels that we do at Bronze Lens. Uh, they just discussed this virtual reality as as one of the panels that we did uh, just this past year. Uh, legal things that we do, um, all of those kinds of issues get discussed at the film festival. Music rights, um, music licensing. Oh, a lot of education. A lo- You're absolutely, teaching absolutely. Because yeah. when we came into this space in 2010, Mm-hmm. Who was educating us right. about the industry? Right. Who was doing that? Because, nobody. yes, Georgia was rising as this place where great films were being made, et cetera. And there were people that were coming from other places, California, right. New York, and their uncle and their great-grandfather That's and right. their auntie and all those people had been in the industry prior to in these other That's cities. Right. But who was in the industry in Atlanta. And if we wanted that, to be here 10 years later, we needed that education. To, exactly, to be there. exactly. So we started talking about the education of a community right. back then because we got to grow our own and we've got to um, foster that interest right here. We can't wait for somebody to go someplace else. We wanted them to know that you have the potential to do this, kind of what we talked about yeah. earlier. Yeah, yeah. You can do this, but if you don't know that it exists, then how will you ever have a chance to, right. to, to do it and get in it? Um, one of the first um, uh, panels that we had was about alternative careers in film because everybody's not going to be the producer or the director, but there are 35 other positions that mm-hmm. you can have on a film set There's so much or a TV set. Right. So much. And so we've just spent a lot of time over the years always talking about the various positions, um, and the things that filmmakers need to know to make a better product. Yeah. Someone would, will, will ask me, well, I made it in such, such film festival and such, such I didn't make it into Bronze Lens. I was like, well, okay. <laughs> there, there are things that we look for, <laughs> and uh, it really has to be at a very high level. Yeah. And that's, that. that's not me saying it. That's what the numbers yeah. show. It really that. has to be at a really high level. I love that. I, mean, I grew up in Vicksburg, Mississippi, and I've said this on the, on the show a couple of times, but for me, as I was going to high school and going to college, it's almost silly to say now, but it was my reality then. 
No one told me I could be a producer. Mm -hmm. I I thought I had to be a doctor, Mm -hmm. a lawyer, Mm -hmm. engineer. Mm -hmm. I became an engineer. Mm -hmm. And then later I became a marketer. Mm -hmm. But I I had no idea I could be a producer, Mm -hmm. graphic artist, illustrator. And and even if you think back to, to that time, all those were jobs and roles then because they were creating film left and right. Yes. Something I could have done. So, one, I applaud you for bringing that education to a city like Atlanta. Thank you. Because the way Atlanta absorbs those things. I I know you've already had impact in the space. A couple other questions I want to ask. How do filmmakers and creators submit? What do you look for? What, what What are the tips and tricks that you tell people? You've got to know. You've got to hammer this home. You've got to do a great job here. How do you get noticed by the Bronze Lens Submission committee? Okay. All right. I can tell you. So our submissions process will start in about three weeks, October 1st. Wow. (laughs) You only took three weeks off. Yo, it's Big Fred, a.k.a. Daddy Tuzawadi Podcast. Kiki Tubafetu, and we are the Sobering Podcast. Tune in to us every second Wednesday for fire conversations and interviews about South African music, sneakers, and street culture. Check us out on the Revolt Podcast Network. Shout out to our moms. Submissions will will open (coughs) October 1st, and they will go from October 1st uh, through probably mid-March or mid-April. I forget what that that end date is. Um, But over the course of that time, we will be accepting films from filmmakers uh, around the world. We look for um, quality in all the categories, lighting, sound, Mm -hmm. acting, Mm -hmm. uh, storyline, continuity, um, production value, standard things that right. you look for in, in great film. And we have judges that judge our films over the course of these next five, six months or so. Uh, films will be judged. And those that score the highest are the films that get an invitation to be an official selection of a festival. So this is how that process works. You have your official selection. So I'm going to keep an easy number. Let's say there's a thousand films that are submitted Mm -hmm. to your film festival. Everybody thinking they can get in and hoping they can get in. But everybody can't get in because some of these over here might only score, you know, six out of ten. And some of these might score seven out of ten. And then there's some that will score ten, nine point two, and Mm -hmm. 9.9. Out of those will come the official selections of the film festival. Um, The judging criteria is always on the uh, film portal site. Uh, People submit to Bronze Lens and many other film festivals through something called filmfreeway.com. F-I-L-M-F-R-E-E-W-A-Y.com. And you can go to filmfreeway.com and you can put in the name Bronze Lens. It takes you right to the Bronze Lens submission page. And that page has all of the information about uh, the things that you have to do to prepare your film to submit it to Bronze Lens Film Festival. Then comes, uh, go from the submissions to the official selections to get there around the end of June, 1st of July, we will announce what the official selections are. That means these are the films that are going to be shown in our upcoming film festival. And then about a month after that, we will narrow all of those selections down to nominees in the various categories, whether it's a feature film, a short a documentary, a short documentary, Mm -hmm. um, a web series. uh, There's probably music video, dance video. Whatever the category is, we will narrow those things down. You want to do music videos too? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. So we'll narrow that down. And from the nominees will come a winner in each of those categories. And the winner is announced at the Bronze Lens Awards, which takes place the last night of the film festival. Mm And that's where we announce the winners in the various categories. Is there a stick figure competition I could get in? Uh, <laughs> Anything like that? Polaroid 
picture came <laughs> like, Nothing. I just I just wanted to check. Uh, wanted to see. No. See if I had a shot. <laughs> right. You know, animation where you take the sticky note pad yes. and you draw your stick. <laughs> then you flip the pen. I'm in there. Do you hear me? I'm a professional. <laughs> uh, no, we haven't gotten there yet. We haven't gotten there. But um, like I said, people will be applying from all over the world. And, and we're excited about that. We're excited about uh, the competition to see who makes great films. I'd like to say also that uh, in, in the process of growing our own, um, our filmmaking community has gotten better. Mm. When we first started, a sure bet that a number of the official selections were going to be from filmmakers in New York, L.A., New York, L.A., L.A., New York, around New York, around you L.A. That right. Time. So now what we are really loving is that we are getting more quality films from our Georgia and Atlanta filmmakers because this is home and we want to uplift. That's that education you've been investing in. I, I hope so. We want to uplift the home team. And so now when we come down to narrowing it down and mm-hmm. you look at the official selections, there's so many more films from Georgia, so many more filmmakers from Atlanta. And, uh, and we just love that. We're very happy to, to have seen that happen right. over the course of our time doing this. Is there, because I was, as I was scrolling to the website, I ran into Remember Me. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that. Is there a way for everyday, average, run of the mill, going to work on every Monday through Friday, consumer of entertainment, to just show up and watch as you're screening? Can they buy tickets? Can they? Oh, how does absolutely. Well, during, during the festival, absolutely. It is not restricted to just filmmakers. We have so many people from the general public. We have volunteers also that come from all over Atlanta. I've had volunteer people that started as volunteers that are now filmmakers That's because amazing. they came and they kept seeing what was possible and that I could do this. And so now I've had some, like I said, folks that started as volunteers that are filmmakers. So we get people from all walks of life that come uh, to Bronze Lens. And we do have special screenings during the year. This is our first time coming back. So I don't know what this year holds yet, but I'm sure there will be some other screenings that we will do just to acquaint people with what we have yeah. have been doing. But we couldn't do anything for the past yeah. two years because we were resti- restricted because of the pandemic. But I'm sure there will be other film-related uh, mm. things. So also on our webpage, there is, you scroll to the bottom and it says, put me on the mailing list. And if you put your name and your email address into that portal, um, that will automatically get you on the Bronze Lens mailing list. I'm signed so up. That, so Me that too. you get the newsletter for the next time. Um, and the newsletter is our major organ that announces everything that we're doing, whatever's upcoming, something fabulous just happened. By the way, Bronze Lens honoree Cheryl Lee Ralph mm, won that, that Emmy last yeah. night. Yes, yes, yes. We've a, had some amazing, yes, we've had some amazing, amazing uh, women and men that have been at Bronze Lens, but I uh, just had to mention that because when she won that, we would... Did you cry? Screaming, just screaming. I didn't cry. <laughs> that Atlanta came out. She's like, right. oh, boy, come cry. on, man. Scream. <laughs> come on, my well, boy. <laughs> honestly, here's an, here's an inside story. What you heard her sing last night, mm-hmm. she sang at Bronze Lens when she won her Women's Superstar okay. honor. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, okay. sir. So y'all saw that first. Yes, she, sir. She, she might have debuted it. Yeah. May have, I don't know, but she was our Bronze Lens visionary superstar. I love it. Um, visionary because of her work with uh, pediatric AIDS and the big mm. foundation, big uh, fundraiser that she would do each year. So she was behind the scenes doing things in the community that had nothing to do with film, but yet using her leverage and her relationships to raise funds for pediatric AIDS and things that are going on in Jamaica. So she became our Bronze Lens Visionary Superstar. I love it. Mm. Yeah. I've been working on making my stick figures with realistic hands and feet. So when I get them, I'll come back, circle back to that and see if, if that puts me over the top. All right, last question. Last question. <laughs> does life imitate art or does art imitate life? Mm. Mm. Art imitates life. Why? 
Because if if you've ever had situations where you say you can't make this up, mm-hmm. but then somebody goes and creates a movie yeah. about it because it was just that crazy in yeah. real life. Yeah. Um. So to me, art always imitates life. I'm with you. I'm with Songs you. that you sing, they reflect life. I'm with you. You know. Listen, I I love what you're doing. Thank um, you. While we're on air and recording, so so it's on record. If if we can be of assistance, please let us know. Thank when, you so much. When your much. PR team reached out, that was what I, because I, they reached out about coming down and like doing interviews while things were happening. I was like, yes. ah, yeah, I want to do something different. Like okay. we do long form, we go deep. And, okay. and, and they received it. Okay. And, and you're here. And, yes. and And you're here because I love what you do. Thank you so I've much. I've heard about it for years. I think it's needed. I am big on giving us flowers. I am huge on inspiring people to create and to do more because I think it's powerful and needed in our world. Yes. Thank thank you for being a part of that. And and I do mean it. If we can help, let us know. Thank you so much. We uh, most certainly appreciate this opportunity to uh, talk to folks and just say, hey, check us out at Bronze Lens every year. But um, throughout the year, check us out online. We have an amazing team. Uh, our team is all women. Uh, I love that. Woman team. I knew that's all I've dealt with. <laughs> it just happened that way. It just, it just happened that way. Listen, I'm but all for what I told story. you about my other podcast, yes. all women. It's, it's that story. Um, you and Uncle Nearest. <laughs> all women. You know, they have an all women executive team. Yes. I love that. that that's mm-hmm. us. That's us. So, yes. yeah, quite powerful. Um, a lot of inspiration out there. Uh, certainly, there are two of us that are directly uh, on the se- senior team that are Spelman grads. Um, one of our founding members, uh, Cheryl Gripper, Spelman woman. Um, we know what it looks like when you empower women to mm-hmm. just do what they do and do it well. Yeah. And so that's the space that we're in. I love it. Art, you got anything, brother? Hey, I love it. I, I do not. Outside of love. That's it. And if Thank you need you. some help with them stick figures, man, I, my stick figure <laughs> game is quite nice. <laughs> we have a new category. Right. We're going we gonna to get this in, Bronze. We're going to be 2024. Right. In our year. A new category, right? Okay, gotcha. Stick figures. While black. Gotcha. We have loved it. At the end of every episode, we always give the mic to our guest to tell our listeners any and everything that you want to share with them. We do ask that you give them one more time the website, how they can engage, how they can follow, how they can support. Fantastic. Our website, again, is bronzelens.com. We are a nonprofit organization. Translate, give us that money, please. Please, please. And um, you get a receipt, and it is uh, tax deductible. Tax deductible, baby. So uh, there is a donate button when you come onto the Bronze Lens page. And so, of course, we appreciate uh, and value all donations. But we're doing good work. And we just want the community to appreciate uh, and support the work that we do to make sure that our stories are continuously told around the world. We have so much to share and so much to learn from each other. And we just want people to uh, appreciate and support the work that we do. Stay in touch through bronzelens.com. Thank you, everybody. And thank you, guys. Love it. Wild Black, we out. Peace. Love you. Peace. What's up, y'all? This is Clint Coley, and I'm the host of the Music is a Love Language podcast. Now, check this out. If you're a fan of music podcasts, then be sure to check out and subscribe to Music is a Love Language Podcast. We are a podcast that has honest conversations about music all day, every day. If you like to argue music, this is the podcast you want to be listened to. And it's brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip-hop and powered by creators. Again, make sure you guys follow and subscribe. Music is a Love Language Podcast. I'm Clint Coley. Hope to have your ear soon.